Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm good. Starting is so awkward. Oh, God. It's it's as though we've never talked to each other before. Never in my life. Nor anyone else on a phone. Never. Yeah. It's never been... We've never talked to other human beings. Nope. Apparently. Apparently not. But you know what? We learn it anew every week. Mm-hmm. We also have very, very, very little food. Mm-hmm. And so Trevor asked me, he was like, hey, what do you want to do for dinner? And I just listed off the things that we had. And I was like, what can you make with these ingredients? <laughs> uh, what are you having? Uh, well, he kind of wanted to do spaghetti and hot dogs and chicken. <laughs> and I was like, why don't we not do that? And instead use the frozen meatballs that we have and just do a normal spaghetti and meatballs. So we're going to do that. Spaghetti and hot dogs and chicken. Yeah. The future He's like, is it now. could be like a spaghetti and meat sauce thing. And I was like, yeah, oh. but should it? Oh. Oh, no. So we're doing meatballs. Nice. Yeah. I'm sitting downstairs. Mistake number one, probably. Um, <laughs> and I can see both of my cats right now. Mistake number two. Mm. The tiny one is wide awake and staring at me as though she's never seen a human before. And yeah, Gregory is currently laying down. But hey, who, who knows? knows? Who knows? Um, Let's see what he does. Let's see what happens. For anyone listening, welcome to Babe Town. Welcome to Babe Town. <laughs> this is officially our first episode with microphone. Do we sound um, incredible? So hopefully it works out. I hope we sound incredible. Goes. If we don't sound incredible, then I guess we can try for lucky number 11 to be our good sounding episode but <laughs> we'll see also we're on number 10 reagan that's crazy 10 weeks these are going to be our 20th ladies Isn't that 20 insane? babes other mm-hmm. than the groups good old akashinga and night witches that's true that's really cool we just got back from the dog park and valkyrie's friend was there he's a little puppy named deuces and he's all floppy and speckledy and he runs a little sideways and it's my favorite thing and he loves to dig and then eat the dirt. So his human spends her time running around being like, Deuces, stop eating dirt. Just play like a normal dog. Stop eating dirt. Meanwhile, all Valkyrie wants to do is stealth mode slowly, slowly, so slowly, like frame by frame, creep on some squirrels that are outside the dog park that she cannot get to anyways. So all in all, just a really, really productive trip. Got all that energy out. So much running happened. I was like, you know what? I give up. Let's go home. That sounds great. Well, we'll see. I I need to figure out, like, what she likes to chase, you know, other than squirrels. Because she doesn't really care about sticks. She doesn't care about balls. She doesn't, like, you know, I'm like, is it Frisbees? Do you love Frisbees? What will you play fetch with so that I can get some of your energy out? You should know. try Frisbees because I think dogs that chase Frisbees are the cutest dogs on the planet. They're pretty adorable. Given her propensity for not caring about anything but squirrels, my uh, my hopes aren't high. But, you know, we'll see. How's your head this week? It certainly is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really hungover on Sunday. So oh, right. <laughs> it wasn't great on Sunday, but I think that that was probably beer related rather than migraine related sure um i don't know this week it's been okay so um 
my doctor's appointment went really well on Friday. Good. And she prescribed me low or she prescribed me high blood pressure medication because apparently that's like a common way to treat migraines, which is cool that neither of my neurologists told me that. Yeah, why wouldn't somebody tell you that? Yeah. So um, she prescribed that. Um, and like I was super frank with her being like, hey, I don't want to be on spooky neurology drugs forever. Like even taking aspirin makes me uncomfortable. So I'm not looking to be on medication forever. I just need I just need this migraine to break. And she was like, okay, well, what's your, she was like, what is your kind of threshold for migraines? Like, what were they like before this one started? And I told her, I was like, you know, I got them like two times a month, but they only lasted three to four days and they sucked, but I could get through them. And she was like, okay, so how about we use that as your baseline? And if we get past that, great. But if we can just get you back to that, I'll count that as a win. What about you? And I was like, yeah, fucking same. So. No, it sounds like a really great (laughs) trip. Yeah, it was really, really good. It was really good. Yay. I'm excited for you that it works and everything starts getting better. Me too, man. Progress is slow, I suppose. Yeah. Well, do you want to tell the people why we're here? We started this pod because we were bummed about the state of the world and wanted to, instead of focusing on a bunch of dudes doing a lot of shitty things, focus on some ladies doing some awesome things. Yep. So that's what we do. And it's been working great. I mean, even if we only have confirmed five fans, it's been doing what we needed to do. So I'm counting that as a win. Yeah, I count that as a huge win. And even without the five fans, don't worry, I love you guys. It's helping us. It's helping me. Yeah. Just in my day-to-day life. And that's really awesome. Super awesome. Yeah. Big fan. So, I have a question for you now. Yeah, hit me. When was your babe born? Oh, Taylor. Oh, Taylor. I'm glad you asked. And (laughs) my babe was born in 1263. (laughs) So I assume I'm going first. Also, I know who you're doing. So I'm, I know I'm going first. (laughs) Yes, you are going first. (laughs) Um, in, in the thread of getting spookier and spookier, have you ever heard of Dame Alice Kittler? The name sounds really vaguely familiar, but no, I don't think so. Maybe also, in just like, maybe just from like me being a fan of spooky things, but. Maybe. She's also known as no, the no. Kilkenny Witch. Um, no. All right, let's do this. Um, Great. So Alice is from Ireland, and I'm probably going to pronounce all of the names wrong, even though they look really straightforward. Who knows? Fingers crossed. Like her last name looks like it's spelled you. like it looks like it's pronounced Kyteller, but apparently it's Kittler. So I don't know. I don't know. Oh. Okay. But here we go. So Dame Alice Kittler was born October thirty first in twelve sixty three. That's right. Halloween night. Spooky in, spooky. Spooky spooky. Uh in Kilkenny, Ireland. I have no idea who her mother was, but her dad worked somehow in banking, whatever banking in the 1260s looked like. Um, and she okay. was the only child. So when he died in 1298, he left her everything. So she's super wealthy. So in 1280, she marries a man named William Outlaw, which pretty cool name. Cool name. Yeah. His name is Bill Outlaw. Bill Outlaw. But don't wait. No, this one's William. Hold on. Hold on. It's very important. 
and then he is a merchant and a money lender. So he's he's also really wealthy. They have a child and they name him William Outlaw. So we're gonna call him Bill. Okay, so Bill Outlaw is Bill Outlaw the second. <laughs> yes. Okay. Bill Outlaw the second shows up in this story a lot. So we're gonna call him Bill. Okay. So um, son is Bill. Dad is William. Dad is William. Yes. Okay. Um it also she might have had a daughter named Rose. I don't know. There's question marks okay. around it. Cool. Um, Love it. So William, the father, was an associate of Alice's dad. And then he had a brother, William did, named Roger Outlaw, who was the Lord Chancellor of Ireland. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he was the Lord Chancellor of Ireland. I thought you were just trying to throw like an accent on there. <laughs> yes, the gargoyle. I didn't realize accent. you were like choking. <laughs> yeah, I choked on my own tongue. It's cool. Um, so I looked up because I was like, I don't know what a Lord Chancellor is. But apparently it's the highest ranking officer of the state under the king. And it might be over prime minister. Like, it's a really important dude. Um, oh. So her husband, William, his brother. Still? I don't know. That, that I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Who's to say? Um, so Roger Outlaw, brother-in-law, William Outlaw, and then Bill Outlaw. These are our outlaw characters. Roger Outlaw is... Bill, no, is William Outlaw's brother. Yes, Bill's and uncle. Bill Outlaw's uncle. Yes, and very okay. important. Okay. Great. So William gets ill and dies suddenly, and so Alice inherits all of his money. Oh. So then, in 1302, she marries a man named Adam Blund, who was a money lender, and then he dies suddenly after a quote-unquote drinking spree oh my god so, do we have a black widow situation on our hands unconfirmed but okay but we totally have a black widow situation on our hands so when <laughs> it sounds like dies, we have a black widow situation on we our definitely hands. have a black widow situation yeah uh so when adam dies she inherits all of his possessions and then in 1309 she marries a man named richard vale or vol or i don't know um and he's a wealthy landholder they have a child named you guessed it Richard Vale, because they're very creative people. Uh, okay, wait. So now she's got two kids, both named after yes. one of her husbands, and possibly okay. another kid. But she's also like collecting stepkids as she goes. <laughs> I love collecting stepkids. I mean, it seems like she has a lot of them, but the only one she cares about is her firstborn, Bill. Okay. Um. So Richard, father Richard, not child Dick. Love it. Right. Richard falls ill and dies. And so she inherits all of his property. So then in 1316, she marries a man named John Power. That's right. This is her fourth wealthy husband. Wow. Mm-hmm. I always wonder about Black Widow situations because, like, it just it just seems like it would be something that is so easy to notice. It's not subtle, like, for the well, authorities and shit. Like, all of the dudes marrying her, he, she's probably not telling them hey, also, I've been married to three other super wealthy dudes and they all died suddenly. But, like, to the authorities? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there's there was something that I crossed, but I only read it in one thing where, like, there was a possibility that whenever she married husband number two, 
she and husband number two were accused of killing husband number one. But then nothing happened with the accusation. Like, I never heard anything about a trial or anything like that. So it was just like, maybe there was suspicion. But by this point, all the stepkids are like, what What the hell? Right. Yeah, because they they should be. Because they're paying attention. Right. Right. So John, husband number four. And their dads are dying all over the place. All over the place. So husband number four, John, is middle-aged. And yet suddenly he finds himself like feeble and slow and his hair is falling out in patches. And then the hair that he has left is turning gray, which are all of the key things of arsenic. Yeah. So he he suspects that Alice is poisoning him, which like, I mean, most likely she was. So he reached out to the church for help at St. Francis Abbey, and they contacted Richard Ledreb, the Bishop of Ossory. But we're just going to call him the Bishop for the rest of the story. Okay. So he reaches out to them, but he dies anyway. So, at so that was point, husband number four. That was husband number four. He's okay. also the last one. No more husbands. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she had long been suspected of witchcraft because she was attractive, sophisticated, and could somehow convince men to give her lavish gifts. So she was real charming. And people were like, well, probably know. a witch. Sounds witchy as fuck to me. I know. Super fucking witchy. Um, so after Bill Outlaw was born, um, she had extended her house into Kittler's Inn, which is still standing today. And they close at midnight if you want to go grab a beer with me. Wow. That's like awesome. Like it's still a, so, Let's go. right? Let's go. It'll be great. Okay. So Kittler's Inn was a notorious rendezvous for wealthy men. And it was basically because she was the reason they went. Like they all went to see her and flirt with her. And she was like the main attraction or whatever. So the locals resented her for her wealth and for all of her connections to money lenders and her kids and stepkids resented her for favoring Bill. And they, you know, suspected her of killing their dads. And, you know, why not throw some sorcery in there? Probably. She's probably a sorcerer. Yeah, um, probably. So, I mean, most likely. So after husband number four dies, the stepkids also take it to the bishop, um, who was appointed by Pope John the 22nd. There's a lot of Pope Johns. <laughs> and Pope John had a, quote, lively fear of sorcery and claimed his life was in danger from witchcraft. Sure. So the bishop being appointed by him personally was like no 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 i will not stand thee to hear a witch or whatever it is what's that line i don't know what you're trying to quote <laughs> there's some famous line about like i will not suffer thee to be witch. it doesn't matter so the bishop writes to roger outlaw remember him yes and asks for roger to arrest her and so that launches this whole church versus state thing that apparently they were still fighting in the early 1300s because the bishop wants everybody to live by the church and Roger is like, no, 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 no. Everybody needs to live by the state. So he says that Alice can't be arrested until she's had a trial and has been excommunicated for 40 days. So fine. He's making all these hoops for the bishop to jump through. But while the bishop is trying to jump through these hoops, she has fled to Dublin. So the bishop starts attacking Bill and says that he's a harborer of heretics. But... <laughs> Bill is buddies with the chief justice or the chief judge or whoever. And so the judge had the bishop arrested instead. This sure. story is so convoluted and bonkers. <laughs> it is just insane. <laughs> so the bishop's arrested for 17 days 
Because then once he gets out, oh no, Bill's court date would have passed. So, oh shoot, he can't go to court. And this bishop is... Wait, I thought Alice was the one on trial. She is, but she fled to Dublin and they have to wait the 40 days of her being excommunicated before they can actually put her on trial. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. So he goes after Bill in the meantime, but then he he's put in jail. <laughs> sure. It's, okay. I'm it's there. so insane. So this bishop is like the most extra human I've ever heard. There's this whole thing. I'm not going to go into it because it's so long and ridiculous, but there was this whole thing about like, if anybody, when he was getting arrested, like if anybody touched him or his horse's bridle, then according to some technicalities of ecclesiastical law, then like only the Pope himself could absolve them and they had to show a warrant in a certain way and he wouldn't post bail because that was legitimizing the charge. This this whole thing. Okay. So while he's in jail, he refuses to do any baptisms, marriages, or burials. And so all the locals who are terrified of hellfire start freaking out. Oh, and then he said because they imbo- they put him in jail, they have imprisoned the body of Christ. <laughs> Wait, wait. So he was refusing to do any marriages while he was in jail? Like, correct. How is that even an option for you to refuse? Uh, I don't know. Who is like, I think I'm going to get married by this bishop that's in jail. Well, let's trot down to the jail and uh, mazel tov. Come on, honey. We got to go to jail to go get married. To go get married. Dum, dum, da, dum, clank. Dum, (laughs) dum, da, dum. It's nice. It's nice. It's a whole motif. So nice. So... The judge asks if anybody has issues with the bishop or his household, bring them forward. So Bill found some old complaint against the bishop that had been dismissed. He rewrote it and then he like stepped on it a bunch to like age it with his shoe and make it look really old. I don't know why he didn't just use the old one, but whatever. Yeah. Um. So he brought that forward and there was this whole thing, but then, the chief justice released the bishop who insisted on leaving the jail with an entourage in his full bishop regalia garments and stuff. What a huge diva. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Diva is the exact word that I'm looking for. He is a humongous diva. I'm loving this hard though. I want this story to be a soap opera. Oh my gosh. It's so, yeah, it's so ridiculous. And this whole, I, like a telenovela soap opera. Because it, it is. It is an incredibly old Irish telenovela. I love that. <laughs> okay, so the bishop is let go. And the chief justice goes over, like, looks over his evidence against Alice and is like, oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely sorcery. So then Alice from Dublin retaliates and says that she was excommunicated without summons or conviction and so it wasn't fair somehow. So then she summons the bishop to Dublin to testify. Enter in the next time that the bishop is super extra. And he's like, then I would have to cross over this land of the man who hates me. And he would be trying to kill me. And so he sent a proctor. And then everybody in Dublin was like, no, that's not going to work. You have to come yourself. And there was just this whole thing. Everything I read about this human being, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, I just... I'm just picturing him walking around, bursting in through doors and being like, I'm here now. Everybody shut up and stare at me. With a, a like a crowd behind him. There was a there uh, was something that I read that he literally showed up somewhere with a group of 20 people just to make himself look cool. I mean, this wow. man was ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. That's goals right there. I mean, it's it's something. You're not wrong. 
But eventually, after all of his stalling and bullshit, he does show up in Dublin and they have a trial that has both representatives of the church. There is a bunch of bishops there and then they have a bunch of representatives from the state. So, like, part of it is about Alice, but most of it is, like, who has the right to condemn this woman, that kind of thing. So there are seven charges against her, but some of the charges are, like, layered, so it feels like there's, like, 15 charges against her. They are denying the faith of Christ and the church, cutting up animals to sacrifice to demons, obviously, stealing the church keys and holding secret nighttime meetings in the church in order to perform black magic and undermine the church, Um, possession of a familiar or incubus, that was a shapeshifter and took the form of a black dog or cat or a man named Robin Art- Artisan. Artson. Oh, and it's the... Wait, how is that one charge? They're just like, yeah, you have either like a dog or a cat or like this dude. Like some, you're doing something spooky. Because it's a shapeshifter, so it can be all three. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. And it's the incubus's fault, or it's the incubus that made her wealthy, not her father or her husband's. It's, it's that per- thing's fault. Sure. Mm-hmm. Using sorcery and potions to control Christians and to get men to fall in love with her um, because charm and, and quick wit. Reagan, how dare you? It's I sorcery. Know. I know. Basically, put me on trial. You know what I mean? Committing heresy, communing with demons, sacrificing to demons, and having sex with demons, which is somehow all one charge. This is. These are so many things. It's so many things. And then the final charge was killing her husbands and impoverishing her children. Other than Bill. Wow. Yeah. So the state side is saying that they don't have to do anything without the king's seal of approval. And they attack the bishop for being English. And they say that he's trying to come into Ireland where nobody has ever been condemned for heresy or witchcraft. And saying that he's trying to make the Isle of Saints full of heretics and all of this stuff. But the public are so scared of sorcery and marriages and jails that they side with the bishop and she becomes the first person convicted and condemned of witchcraft in Ireland. Somehow, despite this, she gets away and she ran away to maybe England, maybe Flanders. Literally no one ever heard from her again. We have no idea when she died. We don't know where she went. She vanished. That is a baller move. Right? They they have this huge, long, drawn out thing. And she's like, you know what? Peace. I'm out. Wow. Yeah. Um, but her associates were imprisoned and tortured into giving false confessions because witch trials and, um, according to the church law, torture was not illegal. So that's cool. That's comforting and fine. Just one of those things that, you know, makes me real, real happy inside. Um, yeah, it's good. So her rich friends get off with just like paying a fine because wealthy. Right. And then Bill has to attend mass three times a day. And he has to feed the poor. That's his judgment. And then he doesn't do it. So then he gets imprisoned again and apologizes. And this time his penance, I guess, is that he has to travel to the Holy Land on the first available boat. He's got to scooch on over to Israel. Um, And then he has to cover the church roof in lead to, I don't know, waterproof it or something. Wow. Unfortunately. So like his hands fell off. Yeah. Yeah. If he's just handling lead, like... Yep. Just casually roofing a church in lead. Wow. Um, Unfortunately, Alice's maid, who I'm probably going to pronounce her name wrong, um, it looks like Petronilla de Meath. Who knows okay. how it's actually said. 
she unfortunately took the fall for Alice and all of the wealthy accomplices. Um, she was what? flogged and burned at the stake on November 3rd, 1324. So wow. that really sucks that she was just the scapegoat yeah. for everybody. And whether it was intended or if that was just like the church's decision because everybody else just had to pay a fine. Like mm-hmm. a lot of accounts put that on Alice for running, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but Alice completely vanished from history. She's gone. Wow. Fun fact to end on an upper, <laughs> you know, that, uh, that church that bill covered in lead, the roof yeah. collapsed because of the lead in 1332. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> wow. It doesn't say if anybody was hurt or anything, it, there might not have even been anybody in it. <laughs> But yeah, it said that the lead caused the roof to collapse, which I think is hilarious. Oh, my God. Wow. And that's the story of uh, Dame Alice Kit- Kittler, right? Yeah. that's I wrote it phonetically, so I wouldn't forget it. Kittler, the Kilkenny witch, who was the first person condemned of witchcraft in Ireland. Wow. Spooky. Spooky. Also, so on theme. So on theme. Probably a black widow, let's be honest. Honestly. I think that there's almost no way that she wasn't killing her her husbands. Yeah, I think she was absolutely killing them. And you know what? She got away with it. Apparently so. Despite the it's witch funny time. to me that she was probably a black widow, and then instead of going to trial for actual murder, she went to trial for being a witch. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Weird, right? Super weird and super great. It was good work. It, there was so much about the bishop that I cut out because I was like, A, the story is not about him. But B, what a human. Yeah, wow. It was just a lot. Um, Good work. So in order to uh, quickly source my shit, as always, Wikipedia. Um, mm-hmm. Although a lot of the information on Wikipedia I don't think is super true. Like there's a lot of things what? that Wikipedia itself has flagged and was like, this needs to be sourced. So I just kind of use that as like birthday you know, got the idea. From. Yeah. Yeah. Birthday, dad, you know, the basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the information I got was from history, And that article went so in depth into like the politics of the church versus state and was like listing so like all these other characters of like officials and bishops and church leaders and all of the stuff that were involved. And I was like, okay, how, what are the bare bones of this story? And then there was an article on ancientorigins.net that was like more understandable. Like it was a more of a clear cut story. Yeah. And still had a bunch of details and stuff, but was like, it was just easier to follow. And it had more like, this is the year that this happened. And this is the year that this happened. I was like, ah, okay. Thank you. And that's all of my shit. Wow. I love it. Dives. Yeah. What a I love it. What a crazy witch, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean and I super dig what you mean. <laughs> um uh, that was great. Thanks. And I definitely didn't know about that lady at all. Yeah, I didn't either. I was researching a whole bunch of people and that one cuz I wanted to do somebody like like old school witch and there was yeah. the most information about her that I could find and she was just like it's just like a crazy story. So yeah. I'm excited to hear about the very secret person that I have no idea that you're doing. I think that I left it in the podcast too. So Mary Todd Lincoln. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think everybody knows who I'm doing. Um, I'm doing Mary Todd Lincoln. I'm doing my first kind of heavy hitter lady. Um, 
and I am really excited about it. So Mary Todd Lincoln, like, has always been one of my very favorite spooky ladies. Like, Mm -hmm. she's just so spooky for so many different reasons, so let's just get into it. Um, Also, this cat is now awake, so we'll see. Greg? Yeah. Buckle up. Let me. Okay, so um, Mary Todd Lincoln. She yes. is one of my favorite spooky ladies. So she was born December 3rd, 1818 in Lexington, Kentucky, which apparently her family like founded. So her family was loaded. Interesting. Um, her father was a politician and a successful merchant. Um, her mom died when she was six. So Mary was one of seven children. Oof. And then the stepmom that her dad married, I think later that year, had nine kids. So no. she had so many siblings. Oh, my. Which is crazy. Also, um, quick thing. Her dad was a merchant and a politician? Apparently, yeah. So he's the, the smoothest talker in all of Kentucky? Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. Um, so, like, every single article that I read, said that her stepmom sucked. <laughs> good, good, good. Like, every single one of them mentioned how much her stepmom sucked. So, apparently, she was just super strict, and she, like, didn't really give a shit about Mary. So, Mary Todd, like, frequently described her childhood as being, like, desolate, which is so sad. Oh, no. Despite that, Mary was super well-educated. Um, she went to an academy in Kentucky and then to a boarding school, and literally nowhere could I find what schools those were. So, they're <laughs> okay. just big schools. So she was kind of rarely well-educated for women in the early 1800s. And I wrote probably it was because she was rich. Yeah. So she could be well-educated. She, in 1839, when she was 21, she moves to Springfield, Illinois to go live with her sister. And Mary was like super popular with dudes. She was just like charming. And like some dudes were like, I don't like her. She's snobbish, which like, bitch, get out of here. Yeah. It's fucking Mary Todd Lincoln. She's not Lincoln yet, but it's still just... It's Mary Todd. It's Mary Todd. Like, come on, get out of here. So she was popular enough with dudes that eventually she met a dude named Abraham. Oh. Spoiler alert. Her family was not thrilled about this, <laughs> like, at all. None of her siblings thought that the marriage was going to last. Like, they all were like, no, this is a really bad couple because Abraham Lincoln was nine years older than Mary Todd when they met. I mean, especially for that time, that really doesn't seem like that much. He came from like a super broke family. So they were like, no, this isn't really going to work. And Mary didn't give a shit. So they got married in 1842. Yeah. There are a lot of differing accounts about how their relationship was. So a lot of articles that I read focused on how they had like a pretty shitty marriage. Like (laughs) apparently on the day of their wedding, people commented that it looked like Abe Lincoln was quote going to slaughter. Oh my. Like probably not what you want to look like on your wedding day. No. Mary Todd apparently was like super jealous. And like one time there's some story that one time she hit him with a piece of firewood because he was like, wasn't loading the fire (laughs) fast enough or something. I don't know. Apparently Lincoln too had depression. So he would kind of like stay in these depressive states for a while. But then all of these articles were like, yeah, but like Mary Todd probably had bipolar disorder. So they like supported each other. And that doesn't necessarily mean that their marriage was bad, which I thought was a good thing to point out. Like, yeah, there are, there were a lot of good times that they had too, though. Abe 
Lincoln was quoted as saying, quote, my wife was as handsome as when she was a girl and I, poor nobody, fell in love with her. And what is more, I've never fallen out. So like, so like they were like cool too. When he won the White House in 1860, he said, um, he was quoted as saying, Mary, Mary, we are elected. Oh, I know. Um, so they were like a real team, apparently. Like she offered him advice. Um, she helped plan events for his campaign and stuff. Like it was they were they worked together, um, which makes sense because that's like how they kind of hit it off in the first place. They both really liked politics, so they like talked politics all the time and Aww. big old political nerds. Nerds. So then the war happens. So it started in 1860, I believe. Um, (laughs) I thought I wrote it down, but apparently I did not. With confidence. Um, Stand by. Start, because this is a date that I feel like I should probably get correct. 1861. There you go. War started. So the war started. Eleven states from the south seceded, which meant that it was kind of a big fucking deal for the Lincolns. Not because Lincoln was president. Like, yeah, that's a big fucking deal. But also because Mary's family was southern. So like, her whole family was like, okay, well, we're just gonna go on and dip. And so it kind of was like this huge thing that Mary was Southern because all of the Southerners thought that she was a traitor and all of the Northerners thought that she was a Confederate spy. Oh, no. She is still regarded as one of the most hated first ladies in American history, not the least because of that. Like, it's so shitty. It's so shitty. And so despite all of that... She was, like, super, super pro-union the whole time. Shitty. Something that is less shitty that's, like, kind of understandable as to why people didn't like her, she was known for being, like, an extravagant spender, like, even in the middle of the war. Like, that's not a good look. Yeah, that's not great. That's not a good look. Yeah, she, I mean, like, every single article talks about how much money Mary spent because she would just go on shopping sprees and, like, yeah. Personal money or tax money or I think both. Not I don't I don't think I don't I didn't see anything about like fraudulent anything. Like I don't think it was I think that she was spending most of Lincoln's pay from being president and then ah. had like, congressional budgets for like decorating the White House and shit that she would like go way over. So like mm-hmm. things like that. I don't think I didn't see anything about it being fraudulent, but Right, but still, especially in a war, like, dial it back. Right, yeah. Mary had a shit life. (laughs) Everything went wrong for Mary Todd. So um, she and Abraham Lincoln had four kids. Only one of them survived to adulthood, Hmm. which is very sad. Edward was their... He was the first one to die. He was in... He died in 1850 of tuberculosis when he was four. Willie died of typhoid fever during the war in 1862. He was 13. When Willie died, that was kind of, I think that was kind of like the turning point for the Lincolns. Everybody talks about how Willie was Mary's favorite child. He, his is kind of the death that like 
starts all the spooky conversations about Mary Todd Lincoln ah, and the White House. So it hit Abe hard, hard too, though. Like Abraham Lincoln was known to go and like sit with William's coffin, <laughs> which oh, is, and buddy. just like kind of talk to him. Like William, I guess, was the one that like most resembled Abraham Lincoln. So it hit both of them really hard. But right about when William died, spiritualism was starting to kind of be the main thing in America. So Mm -hmm. spiritualism is the idea that you can, through mediums and psychics, pierce the veil, basically, and be able to talk to people who are beyond the veil and who are dead, right? On the other side. Right. So it became a big thing with, like, the Fox sisters, where they were going around, like, doing spiritualism concerts basically like you had a lot of traveling mediums and shit and so um mary decided to give it a try to see if she could contact her two dead sons she started inviting mediums over to the white house to host seances in the red room did you know that did you know that the white house held seances no i did not but i love it i didn't either what the fuck yeah people so uh mary todd lincoln was like known for hosting seances in the red room there are i found like one thing that mentions that abraham lincoln went to one of the seances but like by every other account he was pretty i think that he tolerated it because he could tell that it was making mary feel better yeah but that's not something that like as president you can publicly totally as as president of the u.s even today that would be really shady totally back then especially in the 1860s yeah the white conservative christians would have freaked out right so um there's a super famous photo that this guy mumler took of her and supposedly abraham lincoln like after abraham lincoln had died because mary once she got into spiritualism she was in it the whole time like she it never wavered for her which so many people attribute that to her like this legend of her being crazy. I'm also kind of like, you know what? If it gave her any sort of solace. Yeah, like, she lost so much. Who fucking cares if it's real? Like if it helped her out, who cares? I don't care. Yeah. Mary was known for, well, okay, hang on. Back up. Okay, April 14th, 1865. Abraham tells Mary, quote, we must both be more cheerful in the future. Between the war and the loss of our darling Willie, we've both been very miserable. So he's like trying to be like, it's okay. Everything will be fine. We'll get through it. He said this to her while they were on their way for a night out on the town at Ford's theater. No, no. Isn't that awful? No. I know. I know. So Mary's sitting right next to him when Abraham Lincoln is shot in the back of the head by John Wilkes Booth. He is rushed out of Ford's theater, taken across the street. She was kicked out of the room where Lincoln was taken by Secretary of War Edward Stanton because she was crying too hard. So she wasn't there when he died because she got kicked out for crying too hard. Secretary of War Edward Stanton. It's so barfy and I hate it. So Mary was known for grieving hard. Which makes a lot of sense to me because she lost a whole lot. A whole Um, lot in a very short amount of time. Such a short amount of time. Um, 
Because at this point, it's two sons and a husband. So within how many years? Um, let's see. Will Eddie died in 1850. Lincoln died in 65. So in 15 Oof. years. Oof. Yeah. In the 1860s, people thought that women, but especially women of society, should grieve quietly and behind mm. closed doors and keep it together publicly. And Mary thought that was bullshit and didn't want to or do so. And so people thought that she was super improper and unladylike, which is insane to me that anyone would be expected to be ladylike while grieving. While grieving. But, Come on. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so history.com, which is where I got a lot of this information states that she quote terrified onlookers with her expressions of pain. Like she was just grieving hard. So Mary's servant dressmaker and friend, Elizabeth Keckley talks about quote, the wails of a broken heart, the unearthly shrieks and the terrible convulsions that Mary would go through. After Lincoln died, Mary no longer really had any claim on the White House because she wasn't first lady anymore. And so people kind of had really had enough of her. (laughs) They thought she was attention seeking. They thought she was crazy. Um, She owed people money. She owed shopkeepers money because she had just been going on credit because she was the first lady. And then as soon as she wasn't first lady, they kind of came for her. So she ended up like having to sell all of her dresses. And like there's so much information that's hard to read about Mary post Abe Lincoln getting shot. So in 1871, her son, Thomas, nicknamed Tad, dies. He's no. And that was kind of like the final thing for Mary. They, she only now had her oldest son, Robert, and she couldn't handle it anymore. She just, I mean, like there are all of these accounts of like her, her behavior becoming super erratic and she was having paranoid delusions according to some articles and we'll get into that in a second. But anyway, her oldest son, Robert had her committed because he was basically embarrassed about it, which is so gross. Um, She was still contacting mediums and Robert was like super against that. Um, He said, quote, I have no doubt my mother is insane. She has long been a source of great anxiety to me. Oh, good Lord. Let the woman grieve. Buddy. (laughs) So um, Robert had her committed. She was committed, I think, for a year. But I also read something that said three months. But I think three months is, like, how long she was trying to prove that she was sane, maybe. Mm. Um, So, but in 1876, a jury finally declares Mary Todd Lincoln sane. Just, they're like, no, she's just really fucking sad. (laughs) Like, yeah, she had, she went on trial. So, um... She moved to Europe for a little bit to just kind of escape the States, but then ends up coming back to move in with her sister again. Um, She died of a stroke in 1882. Oh, I know. Brutal. That's a really sad story. Oh boy. A brutal story. So the reason that I wanted to do it though, is because there are so many, like I remember hearing about Mary Todd Lincoln for the first time and basically hearing like, yeah, she was the crazy first lady. Like, oh. okay, except no, she probably wasn't. 
Um, lots of historians have talked about what Mary might have been sick with, and it ranges from bipolar disorder to chronic depression to nothing really to vitamin deficiencies to there are so many long articles about what Mary Todd Lincoln was sick with. Mental um, health is really important. It's really important. And also, like, maybe she just had an insane amount of tragedy in her life. Maybe Let a woman just... be sad. God, yeah. Yeah. So um, it was interesting reading these articles because um, I would say there's probably like one that doesn't insinuate that she's crazy as fuck. Like even still, people talk a lot of shit about Mary Todd Lincoln. I got a lot of information from an article on all that's interesting, but man, those people, they're really good. Yeah. It was weird though, because even in that article, they call her, quote, dowdy, which, like, who fucking cares? Come <laughs> who on, cares? guys. And then they also insinuate, there's, like, this whole story in there about Lincoln getting shot, and they insinuate that Ulysses S. Grant and his wife were supposed to be in the box with them that night at Ford's Theater, and that the only reason that they weren't is because Grant's wife didn't like Mary Todd Lincoln because she was a dick to her one time. And there's, like, an entire paragraph about, like, well, you know, like, if Ulysses S. Grant and his wife were there, they could have saved Lincoln. But, no, they weren't there because they hated Mary Todd. So, kind of, it's Mary Todd's fault. How could they have saved him? It was, it's just the weirdest. Did they stop bullets? It's the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest thing. And so, like, there, I don't know, it's just, it just has always bothered me that, like, Mary Todd Lincoln gets, yeah, and she gets so much shit for being this, like, hysterical lady when like if you look at her life she kind of deserves to be a hysterical lady yeah i dare any of those people to go through that amount of tragedy i'm i do not want people to go through tragedy i'm not yeah. actually you know what and i mean like, but like I, how would you handle it yeah and i think that she gets written off a lot as being crazy because she was so so into spiritualism like mary todd frequently talked about how she would see Willie and she would see Eddie. And sometimes after Abe Lincoln died, she would say that she sometimes saw Abe Lincoln and like Mumler took that photo of her with Lincoln after he was dead. Like, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people kind of write her off as being crazy because of her spiritualism, but also like lots of whether or not you believe in ghosts, which I personally do, but. Oh yeah. They're totally real. But, like, even if you don't believe in ghosts, so many people who are grieving, I feel like you see that person out of the corner of your eye all the time. You know, like, it's not yeah. uncommon for people who are grieving to dream about or think that or they you, see. Yeah, or you see someone grieving. with the same height or you see someone yeah. with the same hair or the same walk or something. And your brain is like, wait, is that, is that could it, you know, like. yeah. And, like, granted, it's not as though she was seeing them while she was strolling the street. She was seeing them, like, during seances. But, again, if it helped her, then I figure, like, why do we need to write her off as crazy? I don't know. Mary Todd is one of my... I just feel so bad for her. And the way that, like, history has... Completely shit on her? Yeah, it's just... It sucks. (laughs) It just sucks. And I feel bad for her. So a final spooky kind of quote from Mary Todd Lincoln. She said, quote, a very slight veil separates us from the loved and the lost, though unseen by us, they are very near. Which I love. I love. And like, 
it just that just tells me that she was like trying to find anything to help cope with losing everyone. Yeah. I think Mary Todd Lincoln probably just loved people very, very hard. And then that was kind of her defining thing, you know? Well, yeah, because I mean, how much how much more comforting would it be to know that they're still nearby? You just can't see them. Yeah. But they're near and you can feel them and you can say, you know, like that would be incredibly comforting to me. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's the real bummer of a story of Mary Todd Lincoln. Yeah, that's a downer. But history's spooky lady. You told it really well. Thanks. That's good. Will you source your shit for me? Absolutely. So um, biography.com. Big. Awesome. Big one. Um, The all that's interesting article, which like aside from that super weird paragraph where they're like, Lincoln's dead because of Mary Todd. It was great. It was a 2019 article written by Kalina Fraga. Um, History.com. There's an article called Mary Todd Lincoln became a laughingstock after her husband's assassination. Oh. Albeit a little bit on the nose, but accurate. Written by Aaron Blakemore. Then firstladies.org. It's the National First Ladies Library. It's an article from Carl Anthony, First Ladies in the Occult, Seances and Spiritualists. Ooh. Yeah, so that's fun. Apparently there was more than one spiritualism-centric first lady. Yeah, we're going to have to circle back to that. Yeah. And then finally, thehistoryreader.com. It's an article from Philip Jett called Spiritualists in Lincoln's White House. Wow. Yeah. Also, I need to get a lot better about writing down the authors of the articles that I read because I think about it sometimes and then I forget. And I need to just get better about, like, giving people credit where it is due. Yeah. Because I love that. So that's uh, Spooky Lady, Mary Todd Lincoln. Wow. Good job, dude. What a sad story. Super sad. Both of our stories are are real uppers this week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Babetown. Feel sad. It's always a great time. (laughs) (laughs) Who's your lady of the week? So my lady of the week this week, I am reading a book called Madam President about Ellen Johnson Sirleaf. She was the first elected. Well, she was the first elected female president in Africa, but she was the first like peacefully elected president after Liberia's civil war in the 90s and so she was elected president in 2005 or 2006 i don't remember and she was like a bureaucrat and brilliant at finance and like dug this country that country liberia out of the hole that it was in after their remarkably bloody civil war and this book is so heartbreaking and eye-opening and wonderful and awful and empowering and makes me want to cry Wow. There's just, there's so much going on. There's so much that I had no idea was happening in Africa in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. I just, I had no idea. And to see it all written in like really intense detail. And the the author, Helen Cooper, I think it is. Hold on. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Helene or Helene. I don't know how you pronounce that. Helene Cooper. So. Okay. The book, Madam President, by I think it's Helene Cooper. She does a wonderful job of like giving you the background of all of the tragedy and horror and be like giving the context, I guess, of like this is what's happening and this is what this woman is dealing with. And then over here you have this and this happening at the same time. 
And she does a great job of breaking down what world and country finance looks like and what it means. Because she got the world to forgive $4.7 billion of debt. Wow. That Liberia had plunged itself into in their 14 years of war. I mean, it is crazy. And yes, she was a politician and no, she wasn't flawless. Like there were some shady things that she did, but Helene Cooper does a great job of being like, you know what? She did this and she did this. And a lot of people disagree, but she did this and that, you know, like, yeah, but overall the, the human being that is Ellen Johnson, Sirleaf, I'm sorry, Madam president. Wow. Talk about a struggle and fiercely, fiercely fighting for what you believe and what you know that your country could be. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, she's a crazy badass, and she's definitely my Lady of the Week this week. Who's your Lady of the Week? Oh, you already told me. Yeah, my Lady of the Week is um, hands down Dr. Jill Gaskill at Medical Park Family Care here in Anchorage, Alaska. Whoop, whoop. She, it was great. I went in for my migraine a week ago, and um, she, like, straight up listened to me the whole time and asked me what... I wanted the plan of attack to be, but not like my neurologist did where he was basically like, oh, well, you don't want this drug. So like, what do you want to do if you're so smart? She was like, okay, well, let's figure out what options work best for you rather than this is how you do it. So um, it was great. And uh, I think it made all the difference having a lady doctor, which is gross that that's true, but great that it happened. So but also, what a crazy idea of listening to your patients and hearing so what they like or want. So weird. Well, Reagan, you know, us women, were naturally hysterical. And we couldn't possibly know what's best for us. So. Or have any good opinions whatsoever. It's understandable. That's all I'm saying. It's a great Yeah, she, it was great. She was great. Anybody looking to switch doctors or if you feel like your doctor's not listening to you, hit me up and I'll give you her info because she's the best. So. What style of doctor is she? What's her like focus? She is a general practitioner, but she's also an OBGYN. Awesome. I think OBGYN isn't just pregnant ladies, right? It's like. No, it's just women's health. Okay. Yeah. That's what she is then. (laughs) I think. No, I'm not sure. Okay. Well, she's women's health. So if OBGYN is just pregnant ladies. Then that's that's not not what she is. Correct. She also deals with not pregnant ladies. (laughs) So. Yeah, but she's my Glad lady. Cleared that up. Hands down. Hands down. Well, cool. I'm glad you feel this too because you should be. Me too, man. It just made all the difference. I was like, wow, nothing has really actively changed about my migraine, but I feel so much more like there's a plan of attack rather than just like, well, it'll go away eventually. So, um, uh, this was so a great funny. time. Yeah, as usual. Um, if you have stuck on through all of our technical difficulties that we had this episode, we appreciate you. We appreciate you. And um, if you wanted to leave a little like star rating on Apple, I don't that probably exists on Google too. Or if you wanted to like write us a nice little review or something, that's great. If not though, that's fine too. It's true. Or if you want to let us know who your lady of the week is on our uh, Gmail at babetompod, that would be really dope. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
Twitter. At Babetown Pod. At Babetown Pod. That's us. And, um, that's where you'll see some cool photos from this week's ladies and random shit that we post. So random updates, you know. Feel free to jump on those. Also, so next week is our Halloween episode. Yeah. Because it comes out like two days before Halloween. Yeah, it sure does. So I might veer from the norm. You doing a villain? No. Oh. I feel like mine today was kind of villainy. She, I mean, she was, she was kind of villainy. Yeah. But I might, I might veer from the norm and go like full plunge into spooky spooks. Okay. I have an idea for next week too. So if you, okay. If you feel it, I say do it. Okay. You know? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do it. Oh, it's going to be so fun. (laughs) (laughs) So spook. So spook. Cool. Cool. I love you. I love you. It's great. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Say hi to your pup for me. Oh, I will, please. <laughs> oh, she just looked up. <laughs> Say hi to Tiny Cat for me. And, you know, maybe like poke Greg or something. I don't know. Okay. I can always had a, I've had a weird relationship with that cat. Yeah. Well, you know, most people have, so. He's a weird cat. What are you going to mm-hmm. do? All right. Have I love a good you. week, friend. I love you, too. Thanks. You, too. Yeah. Bye. Bye.